the links and um in the chat for you as well so uh, we gotta get you up to a thousand though because definitely we're live right now (laughs) (laughs) i need that thousand that thousand would be nice (laughs) you know um before i even get into it you have a way of eliciting certain feelings from people mainly men has it always been like that for you i'm just curious i'm dying to know it has always been like that but what feelings are you talking about specifically because I, I, mean, I was going i was going through the playlist and i was like oh that's i didn't realize it was you and you know Tariq from a year ago and i was like oh okay and, and the then same, the same woman yeah so it just it just seems that um I could see men probably having an issue with your stance and your viewpoints on things, especially, um, you know, you being, what would you call yourself? To, to be okay. So why is that so divisive when it, when it comes to, you know, certain sects of, of, of nationalities or ethnicities? It, it, to your best of ability, if you can explain that to me. Um, I think my opinion is based and. and for the record, this is this has exploded and become a theme um, on social media within the past ten years, in my opinion. Because I grew up, my family is Black and Puerto Rican, right? I grew up in the South Bronx. We all know if you're from any inner city, you know, what I mean, all the ethnicities are one. Um, and you know, some people may say, okay, now we're going into conspiracy theories, but I think purposely, uh, social media, the people, the powers that be are making things more divisive than they really are, right? But uh, to answer your question, it's the diaspora thing. It's the the colorism thing. It's, you know, these people think they're better than these people, or these people think that these people are better than these people. And they're really not. They're all in the same, you know what I mean, under the same oppression boot, you know what I mean, that everybody else is. But when people do divisive things, like go online and say, you know, well, light-skinned people are better than dark-skinned people or dark-skinned, and it, it could just be a meme. It can just be a meme, and, you know, the comments will light up, you know what I'm saying? And people will be fighting each other that wouldn't have normally fought had, had no one presented that to them. So I think that that's what the issue is. You know, I've said before, these issues online are foreign to me. I grew up very, very Black and very Puerto Rican. So now to see... Latins and black people at war the way they are on social media, it's new to me. It, it It's new, but you know, it keeps people online and it keeps people engaged and that's the point of social media. That's how they make their money. If you stay online arguing for three hours with someone, you know what I mean, across the world. Uh, with that said, of course, there's colorism. I mean, there's colorism in, in, in the Latin community. Lots of it. Lots of it. But is, is colorism... Is is it because it, a lot of times it's usually the only scapegoat that's presented is the colorism. Mm-hmm. If you had a percent place on a percentage percentage of a hundred out of a hundred percent, how much do you give credit of it to? You mean like as far as the what do you mean like as far well, as the- so if if um, diaspora and, and and colorism are the two main issues, mm-hmm. who who do you place the blame more on the diaspora or the colorism part of it? I, I would say I would say slavery. <laughs> I would say started on I would say started on the plantation. That's okay. where it began. That's where the, the I mean if we want to go back to the root 
of the problem, the plantation is where it began. That's where it, we were separated by skin tone. Okay. That is where it began. Okay. And this is kind of off, off topic or off cuff. Do like Zendaya had admitted that she benefits from her complexion. Do you have the same sentiment as her or do you absolutely. recognize? Okay. Oh, absolutely. The lighter you are, the closer you are in proximity to whiteness, right? The more opportunities you get because we're in a white run owned, established marketing, promoting money-making white America. So they rule here, whether we like it or not, that is how it is in this country. So the lighter you are, the more opportunities you're going to get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Why, then why is it that lighter skin, lighter complected people are so adamant of not saying it or not saying what it, what it is? Do you know, can you, do you understand where that comes from at, at all? Or why I, is that so? I think because, um, you know, they don't want to, uh, First of all, a lot of people aren't honest about what it is, right? Okay. What it is. I'm very honest about what it is. And I think that's why I rub people the wrong way a lot. Because, of, And I rub people the wrong way on both sides. You know, the people that would side with me because of my complexion and my ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And then the people that are darker than me and can't relate to my existence. Right? I rub people the wrong way on both sides, right? I'm always in the middle. And that pisses people off, Right. Um, you asked me earlier, why do I, you know, have this effect on people? It's because I, I can admit that both sides are wrong, but people like you to choose. They need to know what team you're on, right? So they know what to do with you. And with me, I don't choose sides, so they don't know what to do with me. So it's like I get attacked um, by both sides. But I think people don't want to admit it because they don't want to admit that they have an advantage okay. over other people. I can admit that if I walk in a room with a woman that's darker than me, you know what I mean? The the audience is gonna lean towards me. I can admit that 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 happens. That is what happens. Unless, you know, I'm an actress, unless the director or writer is specifically looking for someone dark and not just in the, you know, entertainment industry. This happens, you know, in corporate America. Right. You know I mean, this happens online. This happens with dating, like yeah. all across the board. How do you rectify that, or can you? Okay, people are not going to like this answer. Um, I, I think the way you rectify it is being aware of it, making a space for people that don't have the opportunities that you have. But we're in such a doggy dog world, right? Quítate tú para ponerme yo. Translate. It's a, 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 a Spanish song, and the translation is basically, "You get out the way, so I can take your spot," right? <laughs> People are afraid, scared to death, survival, you know what I mean, uh, self-preservation makes people act like, you know, um, savages, right? And I'm the type of person, what's for me is for me. So me making space for somebody else is not going to diminish my light, my talent, hmm. my network, right? The people that I'm going to get along with, the people that I love, the people that love me, that's not going to diminish me in any way, shape, or form. So I can make space. For another beautiful woman no matter what her complexion is because if it's you know if it was your time it's your time and then my time is my time so i think we could rectify by being aware that if you're you know if, um, quote unquote the, the totem pole of america if you're up here then you already have an advantage to someone down here so it makes peace okay you're not threatened i get that i respect that but it's, is there a little part of you that says, well, you know what? My complexion helps with that. 
if you're a darker complected woman and this is all hypothetical, would you still have that same bravado to a certain extent? No, because, you know, a darker complected woman in this country doesn't have the same advantages that I have. Okay. Right? So, no, of course, I wouldn't feel that way. And again, I'm not I'm not a dark complected woman, so I can't speak for her. I'm just saying that I wouldn't be feeling this way. Right. Like, I know where I am and, you know what I mean, where I stand. I also know that I'm not blonde and blue eyed. Okay. Right? So there, there's a pecking order here. But I think the people on top are the ones that are supposed to. I mean, help the people, quote unquote, underneath them, <laughs> right? So that's how I feel about that. Okay, so you're a native New Yorker. I am born and raised in the boogie. Yes. Um, I've heard horrible stories about the South Bronx. Believe all of them. <laughs> Believe every single one. Okay. I got I, I, I don't. I don't sugarcoat it. Believe everything you heard. Yeah, I got a buddy from South Bronx, and he just the worst stories. I'm like, how are you still surviving? How do you live through? Yeah, yeah um, it's, it's different. Tell us about your upbringing, um, background. What shaped you to become the person I'm looking at right right now? Ooh, oh my God! Short answer, my father. Um, but I would say, uh, you know, born and raised in a South Bronx, Bronx Puerto Rican girl through and through, with the big hoop earrings and the attitude. Uh, went to all the Bronx schools. Uh, had friends from all walks of life. I'd say what shaped me was, um, unfortunately, when you grow up in the neighborhoods that you know I was born into and grew up in, we have to have a certain bravado and energy automatically. We don't get to be, you know, what I mean, soft and you know, what I mean, um, curious about life. And we don't get to be, you know, we're not cheerleading and you know. But playing, you know, the, the boyfriend isn't the quarterback, you know what I mean? In high school, we have to, from a very young age, we have to put our armor on, right, in order to survive these um, neighborhoods that we grow up in. So, you know, you take that with you throughout life. Um, and it was rough growing up. You get, you know, you watch the Cosby show or you watch, you know what I mean, the Wonder Years in your life. Why can't, well, they, their school has a football team? Like, what, you know, what is this? A chip, you know? And it's stuff that we always look at like, wow, that, that'll never be my life. When you're young, that is what you're thinking, that, that'll never be my life. Um, so, you know, when you're young, it hurts, you know what I mean? Because we don't see ourselves on TV and we don't see ourselves in the magazine and we, we just don't see ourselves like we do now. But then as you get older, me specifically, I'm so grateful for that um, upbringing because it's helped me everywhere immensely. When I worked in corporate America, now that I'm, you know, full blown in the entertainment industry, it's helped me with relationships and it's been a detriment to some relationships as well, but I'd rather have that upbringing than not. Okay. Um, How important was fatherhood to you? Oh my God. My dad uh, was everything to me. And now that I'm a lot older, I appreciate him so, so, so much more now. Uh, when I was younger, he was my, my dad was was tyrannical. My dad was was nuts. He was a very violent man's man. This is what it's gonna be. You're not doing this. I mean, strict. Like there were no sleepovers. There was no. You're not playing in the fire hydrant because your skin stick. I mean, your clothes sticks to your skin. I don't want anybody over here. I better not see anybody sitting on anybody's lap. He was super strict, right? <laughs> hardworking man came from Puerto Rico got two three jobs came with nothing got to um you know buy buildings three buildings in New York as a matter of fact a parking lot hardworking man I always saw my dad working or falling asleep because he worked so much 
And, um, you know, back then I was like, oh, you know, you have you have those little thoughts in your mind, like, oh, let a car hit him today. Come <laughs> home. But now, you know, I, I appreciate my dad so much because he kept us away from drugs and nonsense and, you know, so many things that will eat you alive in the neighborhoods that that we come from. And he's also the one that sparked uh, my love for acting. Um, he had like three jobs. He worked at a glass company and, um, you know, he managed the movie theater on the weekends. And um, he used to take me with him to work on the weekends. And I would sit in theater to theater during his entire shift. Nice. So all I did was watch, just watch movies. Yeah. Okay. So, I did. so, and I just, that's where my love of film really began. I've always been a performer because I'm the baby of four siblings. And you know how the baby is. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. We're the, the brunt that's like over there. Um, but, you know, it was really my dad that really uh, put that fire in my heart uh, for, for filmmaking and for, um, you know, I'm an actor. So when you hear today's woman, I'm not putting no fake, no color on it. When you, hear, when you hear today's woman not speak highly of fatherhood or don't even mention fatherhood altogether, mm-hmm. do you challenge them or you say, you know what, you just don't know what you're missing and you're going about your business? Um, here's the thing. I allow people their experiences. Okay. I allow people their experiences. I think that's another problem we have today where we want to take someone's experiences from them instead of communicate about it. Right. The way I see fatherhood and how important fathers are to children is not going to be the same way another woman who's jaded about her own father than her baby's father. You know, I mean, then the boyfriends she may have seen come in and out of her home when she was growing up. Our experiences are different. So I allow people their experiences. All I can do is be an example of the opposite. If I can, right? If I experience something better than you, the only thing I can advise is, well, you know, homegirl, it's not that bad, or friend, it's not that bad, or cousin, it's not that bad. You you have to choose better. But, you know, children, they need their father. Unless their father is a complete and utter, you know what I'm saying, menace to society, children need their father. But every experience is so different. Now, the blanket statements, of course, are horrible because you know what happens online with, with blanket statements, you know, and, and I jokingly, when I do my show on the block with Jen, I hold up this sign purposely, right? If you don't, every time I say something, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? So I um, no fatherhood is, is extremely um, important. I think um, fathers get diminished. I think they get railroaded. I think they get robbed uh, with child support. I may lose some of the women now, but like I said, I'm going to keep it 100. So I'm sorry if you're watching this right now to see where I stand. So to see if I'm on your team, I'm probably not going to be, right? <laughs> because I, I, again, I'm right um, in the middle. I think that fathers have gotten a bad way to go in this country with our very you know I mean beneficial child support system beneficial to the court system the narrative on fatherhood is pretty much in the toilet um are you resigned to the fact that that's how it's going to be moving forward or do you still have a glimmer of hope that maybe it'll come back in it's shining glory how it used to be uh you know what I'm a cynic unfortunately I think um, humans are going to human. I say that a lot. Humans are going to human, right? That's how it's going to be. Do I think like it would take like an asteroid to come and hit the earth and we'd have to start all over without, you know, systemic oppression 
and the white man being on top. Because I think by nature, by nature, um, you know what I mean, um, people of color in general, indigenous people, we are loving, we are giving, we are family oriented, right? But once we were dragged here in chains and they took over our beliefs and our family dynamics, like, you know, it, it would literally take an asteroid hitting the earth and us starting over without them to take it back. So um, I say to people, you know, corny as it sounds, be the change you want to see. Stop complaining, you know what I mean? And pause, you know what I'm saying? Because we all have traumas that we've gone through, you know what I mean? Pause and be the change you want to be. Instead of complaining about the system, be the change you want to be. And it, and it doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to run for office, okay. right? You can just start right in your home with your family, either advising a relative or picking a better mate or resolving your own issues first before you go out and have a child with someone. There's there's so much lack of accountability. And I think that we get ourselves in a lot of the problems that we're in, right? So I like that. Do you find yourself, uh, do you find people try to put you in a box when they first come across you? Is that like a defense mechanism that you've noticed that people tr- tend to try to do? Yes, because people are, are very comfortable with labels, right? When when people initially meet you, it's important for them to label you so that way they can move forward and, 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 and have a way of treating you or talking oh. to you or communicating with you. So seeing as they can't label me off the cuff, you know what I'm saying? They make things up. Well, she's from the Bronx, she's from New York, she's this, she's this, she's ghetto, blah, blah. well, she's Puerto Rican, so she she can't relate to X, Y, and Z. She's not black. Well, she's a woman, so she doesn't understand blah, blah, blah. Well, she doesn't believe um, in child support the way it is, so she's anti-woman. You know what I, I People have to label you so you're comfortable, so they're comfortable with where to put you. So, yeah, it happens a lot. I, I, I get put in different boxes that make me laugh sometimes. I'm like, that's what you think? Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> Can you tell me the moment you saw race relations change in the diaspora uh, growing up? Because you, you mentioned how you see in media this division uh, amongst the color lines. But can you remember a specific time when you saw it being implemented, like in real time for you? Yes, yes. Um, it was in my own community, right? Okay. Growing up, children are are innocent, right? And let me prefix this by saying all ethnicities do this, not just Latins. Black people do this in their homes. Latin people do this in their homes. Indian people do this in their homes. They do it all over the world. And I think that's something that we don't like to admit, right? We'd rather point the finger elsewhere because it makes us feel better. But the first time I noticed, like, hold up, so we're different, is hearing my own Latin family like, oh, such and such has bad hair or such and such is the dark one, right? Prior to that, we don't know, children don't know anything about complexion and hair texture and why I'm different from that cousin and this, that, and the, you know. So that's where it first struck me where I was like, wow, there are issues even with even before you go outside your door to meet black people, to meet white people, to meet Indians, to meet Asians, it starts at home. But that was the very first time where I was like, okay, what's going on? And specifically, when, you know, let's say I was at a party and my blonde, blue-eyed cousin would be like, well, you know, um, they're the black ones or whatever. And I was like, but my hair texture is like that. You know what I mean? It's like, 
Michael, I don't have blue eyes, so am I the black one? Like, is, what's going on here? I thought we were all family. But that's when it hits you. Like, when you're young and people within your own um, environment are saying things like that. But I think that happens, again, the diaspora, I think that happens with all people of color where you hear little things. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this one's lighter. This one has better hair. Before I ask you your next question, I want to give a shout out to King Armeku. He's the reason why this interview is taking place. So shout out to that brother. He, he hooked this up. So he shout did. out to King Hormeku. He's the reason why we're here today. Um, he is the Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> he's over there doing big numbers. So I'm, I'm, I'm yes. so happy for him. How did you process that as a child hearing that? And, and, as, and you growing up, did you sometimes fall victim to it as well? Um, I, I was resilient and I was very much into art. Like since I was young, um, I used to, I would be, I was the baby of four and there's a, a 10 year difference between my next sibling. Okay. So I really hadn't, I was kind of like an only child, even though I wasn't an only child, but no one was trying to play with the one, right? No, get out of here. I right? get out of my room. <laughs> so, um, I would lose myself, um, in music. Uh, you know I mean? Thankfully, uh, we were uh, Puerto Rican, but my mother was into Motown and Barry White, and you know what I mean, the Jackson 5. So this is what I'm listening to growing up. I lost myself. I would lose myself in music and also, um, you know, playing with Barbies. I would write my Barbie scripts. You know what I mean? So I wasn't so much involved in, like, what the older people were doing and, and talking about. Um, did I fall victim to it? I, I, I wouldn't say so, but I felt victim the opposite direction where people don't realize, right? Like racist people or prejudiced people or people that are biased, they don't realize that the more you talk about something, the more curious you make somebody, right? Okay. So I, I went the opposite. I was like, who are these darker people, right? Who are these Afro people? So when I went to school, all my friends were black, right? All my boyfriends were black, right? Because, and, and I felt more at home there, Right than I did with some of my what I call um, white Tinos in my family. That's what I call them. The you know the white Tinos. I knew I was different, so I went the opposite way. Like instead of um, picking up what my lighter uh, Latin relatives and friends were doing, I went the opposite. Okay. I actually went the opposite way, and I was fine with that. I'm a hip hop kid. You know, I had the write on pictures on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody else, I showing my age. Yeah, yes, I used to buy write on and put them on the wall. I was that kid? So, um, you know, it went the opposite direction for me. You can't help but grow up a hip hop kid in the Bronx. I mean, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on the current state of hip hop? To me, it's dead. But what's I say you? the same thing. Okay. I, I say the same thing, same as you. I use the same exact phrase. I said everything that we grew up to love. Let's be clear. Hip hop is the soundtrack of our lives. <laughs> everything we went through, every phase. You know what I'm saying? There was an album, there was an album, there was an album. Public Enemy, we all wanted to be, you know what I mean? The the the, the, the S1Ws, you know, we, we all went through, the, we went through the phase of salt and pepper. I shaved the side of my head. Oh, had, Lord. <laughs> we, you know, I had the Queen Latifah hat. Every, you know what I mean? The real rock saying, like, you know, so it's very much uh, part of the soundtrack of our lives. Now, here's the thing that people say, oh, it's because you're older. Right. Every generation has that music that elders don't like. And I call BS because I like a lot of the cats that are out right now. A lot of the rappers that are out right now. I do like them. So it's definitely not an age thing. But no one can deny that uh, hip hop is degenerative now. It is. It's beyond like, oh, they're cursing. And I'm from the Bronx. I'm like, you can curse. I don't care. You can talk about the trap house and 
this, that, and I've, I've been there, done that, went through that. That's another show, maybe, you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, now it's just real degenerative, and it looks very um, purpose. Pur- it looks like it's being done on purpose because it's going real, real far. Like, the things that are being celebrated now, like literal prostitution, uh, sleeping, you know, with men and robbing them from wallets, um, the drugs that are being promoted, you know, and nice, uh, you know, what I mean, choruses like Molly, purpose set, you know, what I mean, it's like being done very, very purposely now. And it's bizarre. I feel like you do you not see this. Am I the only one that's seeing this? The promotion of, of, of gangs. It's, it's almost like um, a lot of these artists are literally marketing for destruction. Okay. It doesn't even look like entertainment. It looks like commercials and ads for destruction. And I think that's different than when we were growing up and we heard music that was talking about the times, okay. right? When NWA was talking about, you know, this is what's happening now. Fuck the police. This is what's happening now, right? Where I think this era of hip hop is different. It's more marketing for destruction and for our destruction because we're the ones consuming music we are so yeah i would say i said the same thing hip-hop is dead you know and i'm afraid for it honestly would you let your kids listen to it um we do hip-hop lights we do drake (laughs) we we do j cole we do kendrick all the safe guys i got you got you we we do hip-hop light and i you know i don't mind hearing about you know, I, I don't mind hearing, you know, a bitch here, or, you know what I mean, a, a, a drug deal there, you know what I'm saying, or Robin, I, I don't mind that. I'm not completely square okay. at my age. But some of the stuff that is being said is just like, oh my, no, you don't have to sell, then you don't have to let people know how wet you're, you know what I mean? It's a bit much now. It's a bit much, right? Uh, well, let me ask you, because... Um... Let's take Cardi B. She's an obvious, obvious target. How do you feel about Puerto Rican women and, and the female uh, MCs? Are you happy, pleased, indifferent? Do you think they they could do better? Oh, well, they could definitely do better. I know Cardi B is, uh, I believe she's Dominican and West Indian, okay. right? Um, I think that it's sad, but it's, it's beyond our control and Cardi B's control. I think Cardi B um, is a puppet. And she's the quintessential uh, person for selling destruction. You know what I mean? To our people, they put her up on a pedestal. Although Rhapsody's been around for decades, no one knows who Rhapsody is, right? right? But everybody knows who Cardi B is. And I think again that the the system that we're living in purposely puts Cardi B on a pedestal, right? She's on Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon cover of Vogue, right? Um, and we're looking at her, and we're like, how did that happen? And then Rhapsody's been around for decades, right? So it's not even, you know, it's not even, there's no whimsy. There's no, oh, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. It's, it's right there, mm-hmm. right? And like, it's, it's right there, right? Um, so as far as I know, and you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know about any Puerto Rican women in hip hop that are mainstream, right? And I think that it's sad that Cardi B identifying as a Latina woman, that's who we have. Right. Okay. I, I think it's I think it's sad. And another thing I'm saying is I don't think that um those type of artists, those really gutter ratchet artists, I don't think they should be obliterated. There's an audience, obviously, right? She went platinum. Mm-hmm. She has a hundred million followers online. So obviously there is an audience, right? 
My problem is there's no balance, okay. right? Like they're not going to put Rhapsody on the cover of Vogue the month after they put Cardi B. And that's my biggest issue. Not that these artists shouldn't exist because gutter music has existed since the beginning of time, not only in hip hop, <sighs> you know what I mean? But in rock music, and there's always been some some gutter demographic, right? Hmm. But what what's dangerous to us is there's no balance. So now we have little girls thinking, if I go and be a stripper, I'm going to end up like a Cardi B. And Cardi B is an anomaly, right? They're not talking about to every Cardi B, there are 500 girls that end up on drugs, end up raped, end up, you know, suicidal, end up on the streets, end up on, you know, prostituting their bodies. They don't talk about the reality of that. They just put Cardi B up there. So young women are thinking, well, I could just go get a, a big fake butt, some big fake boobs, and I'll be opposite, you know what I mean, Drake in a couple months. That's that's the issue I have with hip hop now. Okay, I like that. But let me ask you this. Uh, is the whore culture, are they winning? Yes. Yes. Short answer, the, the, the you said the whore culture? Yes. Oh, they're absolutely winning. We cannot deny it. And I know some people are like, they're not winning because the women out here with the degrees and the natural bodies. No, hon, because if that were the case, I'd have 100 million followers. So let's keep it 100, right? Let's keep it 100. These women are winning, and that's why there's so many of them doing it, right? They are winning, right? The, Cardi B is now marketing Pepsi. That's a win, right? That's a win. Okay, given your, your specific line of work, was this inevitable at some point? Was it, if you look at this, uh, the society of humans, the culture, the history of humans, at some point, everything that was always on the bottom had to come to the top. So I'm not surprised it is. Are you surprised that the horrors are winning at this point and be not even winning, but celebrated, like you said? I, I, I actually am surprised. Really? <laughs> I actually am surprised. I would, if someone would have told me, 10 years ago that, you know what I mean? There was going to be a social media explosion and all like the, the worst representatives of our cultures were going to be on top. I wouldn't be like, there's no way. There's absolutely, that's never going to happen. But here we are. So I, I am surprised. Like every time I see, you know what I mean? A Cardi B or a Meg Thee Stallion or some other twerking stripper rapper, you know, in a mainstream, um, you know, advertisement i am i am surprised right and not that hey get your coins as, as they say right get your coins so i'm not hating on that i'm just like wow like this is who they're putting in the faces of these young women and some so you know cardi b's like i'm not a role model or whatever whatever but it's like you can't deny that yes you are by 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 default you know what i mean you're, you're a role model You have a ghost back there. <laughs> uh oh. Time out. I, I have a my stepdaughter's a real real life city girl. Oh, okay. You came in right. and I <laughs> Hey, how are you? Um with little Kim and Foxy, do you did you dismiss it at the time? You didn't think it was gonna be as they, they they would be the progenitors of what the Cardis and, and Megs are now? No, I didn't think so. Okay, let me ask you, what are your thoughts on Brittany Renner? <laughs> I love these questions. It's so funny. 
Um, Brittany Renner, let's be clear. Brittany Renner is the result of how men view women and uphold women like Brittany Renner. That's what I think about Brittany Renner. Again, Brittany Renner has millions of followers. I don't know how many, but I guarantee it's a high number. Brittany Renner has millions of followers, but it's men who are following her. It is men, right? So it's funny. Um, I did a show about this, that men don't hate the quote unquote whole as much as they say they do. They just say it because it sounds good, right? Because nobody wants to admit they love something that's ran through, but that is exactly what men enjoy. Or these women would not have hundreds of millions of followers. So I think men have to be held accountable. This is your doing. This is what you like, or you would ignore her. You would completely ignore her. If not for men, Brittany Renner would not be who she is. If not for men, because we're not doing it. Women aren't doing it. It's, it's, it's men. So it's like, you. so I think she's the result of what men genuinely like, but deny. Okay, two, two-parter. Why are men so reticent on admitting they like the whole, right? I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. Why are they so reticent in, in admitting what they like? And two, when you say men, are we talking simpish men or are we talking men as a general um, uh, overall are to blame for women like Brittany Renner? Okay, so the first question was what? Why are men so angsty oh. and, and not forthcoming and admitting that, like okay. I like, you know, yeah. Because it's a, um, we, we may get deep here because society, right? People, society has made people embarrassed about what is innate in them. Society has made people embarrassed about what they like, right? The reason why men don't like to admit it is because they know society is going to be like, she's a hoe, she's a hoe, she's a hoe. How could you like a hoe? She's dirty. She's a whore. She's ran through. 50 guys done ran through that. She's loose in the, in the walls. You know what I'm saying? Men don't want to hear that, right? Men want to hear like, no, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I, I like decent women. I like the librarian, right? So it's really, it's really society that's made people embarrassed to admit what it is they're like. And I think that's why men are like, no, I ain't checking for that. But a lot of people are checking for it. And I bet, at, you know, ask for any guy's handle. I bet you he's in the follows in either Brittany Renner or Kim Kardashian or Cardi B. I bet he's in the follows. And the second question was what? I'm sorry. Yeah. What type of men are to blame? Is it all men or like simps for the most part? Or you, you put them all in the same bag at this point? I think it's a variety. I personally don't like the word simp because I think it's, it's, it's now it's, 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 it's been used so much out of context now. You know what I mean? Um, so it's not just simps in my opinion. It's men sometimes that people revere, right? I've seen men uh, that I thought were smarter, wiser, were, were, were more, um, you know, better at handling money end up with these quote unquote holes. So it's not just it's not just the, the quote unquote simp anymore. You know what I mean? It's men. It's like, how did you get caught up with this two bit? You know what I mean? Pick from Rana. How did you get caught up? So it's a man from all walks of life. It's just some get caught and some don't. And then some don't care. Like Kanye, I think Kanye was the one that released a lot of these guys. He's like, yeah, I know Kim Kardashian is this, that, and the third. And y'all going to call her a hoe, but that's my wife. So, you know, Kanye, I think, was trying to free a couple of the guys that, that are into the, the quote, uh, narrative 
well, what is a simp to you? Or, or okay, a beta, or, well, tell, or give me something that would turn you off in a man and his interactions and how you deal with a woman. I think um, the anti-simp, right? I don't know if this is going to be complicated, would turn me off. Because it's a man who's trying to overcompensate and be like, well, a lot of people are after this woman, so I'm going to come in and be the asshole, right? That, that would turn me off, right? Um, another thing is what people call a simp to me um, is a man that's doing what a man is supposed to do. He's supposed to cater to women to try and get women, whether it's to marry him or sleep with them. A man is supposed to cater uh, to a woman. Now, of course, women take advantage of those men, but men take advantage of those kind of women as well. It goes both ways, right? If you're a user by nature, you're going to target the the the, the simpleton, both male and female, right? Um, now, there's some guys also that friend zone themselves, right? Like, I, I've seen situations where I'm like, dude, really? You didn't know that she was using you? Like, very recently, um, the whole Leonardo DiCaprio, Bezos, and his girlfriend thing that went viral. I'm like, can you not see she just pressed her titty all up against this guy? You're still going to want this woman after today? Maybe he's in a tax bracket where he doesn't care, right? Okay, wants. but let me stop you there. Is that a case of natural biology overriding her sim- her system and saying, you know what, I don't care how much money this man makes, he makes me moist, and this yes. is what I would. So that's a, that's a real thing. Yes, yes, I a hundred percent agree with you. By nature, the woman is going to want you know the taller, stronger, strapping, square jawed man. That's that's by nature, and we know that Jeff Bezos is <laughs> the opposite um, of that. Okay. Red pill and dating coaches. Are they getting it wrong? Are they telling these men the wrong things when it comes to to women? Yes. Yes, 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 and yes. The problem problem with those guys is I think that they're making it worse, in my opinion. Same as the women who do it, because they're female channels that bash men all day long, right? I think they're giving people the wrong advice, but they're giving people that advice so those people could feel validated and therefore those pockets open up, right? I say that the guy, the red pill guys, the dating coaches online, these are the new preachers. We don't go to church anymore, right? This generation is not about the church, right? But when you went to the church, the preachers resonated with you. Oh my God, I went to church. That guy was talking to me today, right? Despite there's a whole congregation they knew how to resonate, right, with you. This is what you're going through. This is why. This is why. And what do we do? We open up our pockets, right? So these guys are the new preachers of our generation. They're just resonating with people, right? I call it a con game. A lot of people don't like when I call it a con game, but it's a con game. And I always said tomorrow morning, check this out. If I start a YouTube channel and I constantly praise Black men, Black men, y'all are gods, y'all are this, y'all are the alpha and the omega, y'all both blue fly. And I say, black women don't appreciate you. Women don't appreciate, you need to be with Latinas. My, my pockets would be this fat. My pockets would be this fat because men want their ears tickled just as much as women want their ears tickled. And they would make me rich like this if that was in my spirit to do. Men would flock towards me. No, no questions asked. If I started a channel tomorrow and said, men, you've been taken advantage of, how dare they not appreciate you? You work hard, despite if the guy has a gut, a receding hairline. If I'm telling him you are everything that it should be, right? You're going to fill my pockets. And the sad part of this that no one's thinking about probably is that that's what white people used to do to us, right? 
That's what white people used to do to us. They used to throw out different marketing things that resonate, resonate with us. Then we used to pay them. And unfortunately for us, our people now, black people, realize I can get rich off of pain. I can get rich off of trauma. If I say X, Y, and Z, these people are going to throw money in my cash app. So here's what I'm going to do tomorrow morning. And it works. And that's why these channels are popping up everywhere. Now everybody's a dating coach with no credentials, right? Now everybody's validating people with no PhD degree, no psychology background. This is what's wrong. There ain't nothing wrong with you. You know what's wrong with you? That woman that took advantage of you. How dare she? By the way, my cash app is blah, blah, blah. So that's what's happening now. Um, on social media. So these are the new preachers. These, these guys are just the new preachers, except the tides come a lot, you know, faster and a lot more, right? So I, I guarantee there's some preachers now thinking, I need a YouTube channel. Forget this God thing. I was peddling God all these years and now nah, I'm a pedal, I'm a pedal of salvation, you know what I mean, of the black man, you know, who can't date and can't resolve his own issues. I'm a pedal that. Um, it's big business, it's big money. And that's what I, that's what I think about. It's a long story long. It's a business and it's a good business. And that's why these channels keep popping up. But people that are in pain and people who don't take accountability are the best people to get money from. You just are. People with no self-determinism are the best people to get money from. Interesting. I like that. Okay. A while ago, you did a live stream about hitting the wall. Yes. Can you give me a short synopsis of that and your belief or how you view hitting the wall man versus woman and the realities of it i think i'm gonna steal uh one of the guests that were on the panel his name is jabari bryant and he summed it up nicely he said that you know it's um relative hitting the wall is relative right it depends on the woman um what she's doing in her life and how other people view her and that's the shortest version i like the way he summed it up right because people are like it's an age thing it's a it's a look thing but you know i can find a, a girl who's 20 years old, right? Who looks like crap, who has a double chin, who has a big gut. So it's like, it depends on, I think, you know, where, how a woman feels about herself. I said that I think men start at a wall, you know what I mean? And they have to work their way up to be appealing unless you're born fine. Like I said, unless you're born fine, then there's no wall for the man. But I think men start at a wall and I think they try to project that um, on women. That, that's what I think, right? As far as hitting a wall, if people mean everyone's going to get old one day, yeah, everybody's going to get old and wrinkled and saggy. Penises don't work after a certain age, you know what I mean? Women lose their libido. So, you know, everybody, quote unquote, hits that wall. But during those years, it's like, can you be attractive to someone half your age? And do you even want someone half your age? And does someone half your age want you unless you can provide something that's shiny, for them, which is going back to the Jeff Bezos, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, he Jeff Bezos can afford someone who looks very young, but he can afford her lifestyle. He doesn't have her. He has her wanting the lifestyle. What she wants is DiCaprio. Let's be clear. And what she would probably get behind Bezos back is DiCaprio. But a lot of people in Bezos, let me not even say a lot of people, the few men that are in Bezos tax bracket don't care. When I went to Turks and Caicos, it was nothing but wealthy white women coming off the planes to do what? To smash the locals in Turks and Caicos. Right. Okay, so getting back to the Bezos, Lauren Sanchez, people don't even remember who Lauren Sanchez is. She at one point was a female TV personality. Very good looking woman, um, even still to this day. At some point, doesn't logic come in and say, you know what, I can't, this man is a billionaire. Let me not be so thirsty with it in public 
or was she just so overcome with the moistness it just overrided all senses I mean cause anybody looking at the, the optics on that are so bad it's like damn sis you couldn't even like keep it down a bit Honestly, I was shocked. Like she had no poker face. She had no poker face because we've all been in that situation. And this is what I try to tell men and women. I don't care how good a lover you are. I don't care how close you are with your relationship. You've been in a situation. Sorry, newsflash. You've been in a situation, men and women, where somebody walks in and your significant other is like, God damn, <laughs> it happens. It happens. But you know, you have to keep a poker face. And I don't understand how all those billions of dollars that Bezos has, right, didn't help that woman keep her poker face. I would have kept my poker face. I would have been like, how you doing? Inside. Inside. You know what I'm saying? The the, the little naked me would have been like, oh, my God, it's DiCaprio. God damn. But, you know, in front of my man, how you doing, DiCaprio? Great. Okay. That would have been my poker face. You got. You have to keep your poker. I'm surprised. Like I was ashamed of her. I was like, "Girl, you even did the titty press. Like, you don't, what are you doing?" And what? and her being an older woman, she should have known better. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Let so me I, ask you I, that 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 will eventually um, end badly because she's she has no poker face and she's loose in public. So he yeah. will get rid of her. Common common sense says he, he dumps oh, her. Absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um. Before I came to this certain spaces on YouTube a couple years ago, I never heard the term submission ever used in regards to man and woman relationships. I've never heard it. I never had an issue. I didn't know what the fuck it was, to be honest with you. Same problems for you? This term submission, now men want to submit. Can you speak to that, please? Yes. There is so, like I said yesterday on my show, um, there's so there's so much lingo and so much language. Like the YouTube streets have, I'm learning the language. I'm learning. I'm still green, right? It's I'm a mess learning. out here. It's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> so this doesn't mean that anymore, and that doesn't mean this anymore. So I'm learning, right? I'm learning, but I'm a quick study, so I'll be okay. The word submission again, um, overused and misused. Like simp, overused and misused. Um, I always say a woman knows when a man is in the room. When my father walked in the room, if you were a lesser man, I'd see it in your body language. Okay. Women know when, unless you're a completely recluse, retarded woman who is so damaged and so traumatized that you're going off on anything with a penis, the average woman knows when a man steps into the room and she will submit. Okay, it is innate in us from the animal kingdom, right, to aliens. A woman will automatically submit because it's innate. Unless her mother damaged her so bad and her father damaged her so bad and say, you don't bow down to anybody and you're strong and independent, you don't bow down. The average woman is going to submit naturally if you are a full masculine man. Some people may say that's an alpha. But a woman will submit. It doesn't take force. It doesn't take bravado. It takes, I am a man. I'm here. This is what I do. This is how I operate, right? But again, the YouTube streets are misconstruing and mis misinforming and all kinds of stuff. So as far as submission, I think it's it's very natural if you're that guy. And men don't want to hear that. What does submission look like to you? 
what submission looks like. To, well, are we are we going with the dictionary definition of submission? I want your definition of it. Okay, what I would say is I, I believe that men are ahead of household. Now, I'm a very intuitive, visionary, intelligent woman. I see things coming from a mile away, you know, being a New Yorker, right? So I am a full-fledged helpmate to my man, right? I bring him the ideas, the vision. This is what I think. I think that guy's full of it. I saw this woman act X, Y, and Z. I don't know about this deal. Maybe you should try it this way. That is what I do. That is that is my job, right? Now, as um, you know, I view men head of household like my dad was. Ultimately, the final decision is up to him, right? If he's running my household and he's paying the bills and he's providing the life, right? Then I must submit to his final decision. With that said. I will say I told you so if something gets messed up. I will say it. I will not hold back. I would say I told you way back when, right? But that's how I view submission. He is head of household. Now, a lot of guys don't want to hear this. If we are going 50-50, you are not head of my household. You are my roommate, and I like having sex with you. But you are not head of household paying 50-50 with me. We are roommates, and we are equal partners, and your decisions may affect me right? And my income. So we have to come to an agreement together, right? But if you are head of household and you running this mother, you know what I'm saying? Then I have no choice but to submit. And I'm okay with that if I can trust him to take care of everything. Women can trust the man to take care of things, right? And, and, and you're never risking, like, if he makes the wrong decision, we're going to be out in open water, then okay, then I'll submit and I have and I have no problem doing that. But it's a very, very rare occurrence in our times because men don't know what to be in order to get submission. Right? They just don't. Everybody's being raised all kinds of ways. And again, the information is not good. Um, so for you, mm-hmm. are you into fixer uppers or you are a want somebody that's that's established? even if, if if ahead of you, per se, uh, on the social strata. So are, what, do you, what do you say to women that are into fixer-uppers, per se? Um, I, don't, I don't advise it. I've done it. I've done it more than once. I've done it more than twice. I've done it more than three times, right? I don't advise it. It's something that usually younger women do, and then as you get older, you're like, never again. But I think uh, men automatically hear that. And they're like, see, she's this, she's that, she's a gold digger. No, I've just had, I've just had my fill, right? And if you were to ask me, you would get my answer as to why I will never do this again. In my opinion, people have to come to you um, with a certain, uh, uh, you know, self-determinism. Again, they have to come with a vision. They just can't come with the, hey, uh, I fell on hard times right now, you know. And now I can, now I can recognize that in people. Back in the day, I was like, oh, we all go through things. This is a rough patch. I'll help you. Come live with me. I'll give you some of my money. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? None of us are perfect. Also, Latin women, as you know or don't know, we're we're raised very submissive, very subservient. The man is king, even if he has no kingdom. And that is a mistake, right? The man is king, even if he has nothing. And that that sometimes to our detriment. So we'll take, we'll, you know, you know, and then you have the innate, uh, um, the nature of women to, to fix and nurture. And I'll fix it. I am a mother. 
I, I bear children. I can fix this. I can fix you, right? And some people you just can't fix. So there's a di- you have to recognize there's a difference between a man going through a rough patch and a man who this is just his lifestyle, right? And the way you can tell is this, and men aren't going to like this, okay? The way you can tell is this. If you are at a rough patch, you don't deserve a woman. Point blank, period. Ouch, ouch. Go deeper, please. This is why I'm going deeper. Because a woman does not deserve to be burdened by your rough patch. And you know damn well, if you are at that rough patch, right? And then you couple up with a woman, you're not going to be able to provide for her the way a man should. And that doesn't mean that you have to be rich, right? You could work at McDonald's, but if you can handle all your bills and you can handle dating that woman, and I'm not talking about, you know, uh, affording her a lifestyle. I'm just, I'm talking about little things. Are you going to be able to take her out on a date? Are you guys going to be able to vacation, right? When you go to the movies, are you going to be able to pay for the tickets, right? So I'm talking low end. I'm not even talking Bezos, right? (laughs) I'm not even talking the, you know what I mean? The Tyrese's. I'm talking on the low end. I think that that is the biggest issue, right? One of the biggest issues that people think they deserve to couple up with somebody else when their life is fucked up. I think that's cold. I think it's selfish. That's what I think. If I can think to myself, right, again, the anomaly, if I can think to myself, I don't feel like, and I've been in times in my life, I felt like I have nothing to give a man right now. I have nothing to give a man right now, emotionally, physically, financially. I have nothing to, to contribute to a relationship. Why am I out looking for a man? Why am I out looking for a man? Why am I out looking for a man to burden? Why? Why? But men don't think like that. They heard, you know, a helpmate and they watched their mothers probably bend over backwards for their dads, or maybe there was no dad and she bent it over backwards for him. So men come out in the world thinking women are supposed to bend over backwards for me, even if I'm a king with no kingdom, right? And I think it's BS. If you cannot afford the date, if you feel like you're in a situation right now where you're going to burden other women with your financial problems, stay alone, get your affairs in order, sir. Get your affairs in order and then go out and look for somebody because you are just going to cause a problem. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to find yourself a woman. She's going to lose respect for you eventually because she has to help you so much. She's going to resent you. She's going to become bitter. All right. You guys are going to be cursing each other out. She's going to be calling bitch ass this and that and the third and go get a job. Y'all going to break up. And you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be in Kevin Samuels comments talking about nobody appreciates you. That's what's going to happen. I've seen the movie before. That is what's going to happen to you. So in order to avoid all of that, get your affairs in order. You don't have to be rich. You just have to be in the mind state. And tax bracket to date a woman and keep her happy. And when a woman's feeling you, trust me, it doesn't take much. And if it takes much, that's the wrong woman for you. Okay, what is keeping a woman happy? And this is where I go back to dating coaches because they tell you the guys, that women. You hear that women are like children; they're fleeting, indecisive, uh, flighty. They, you know, one day, one minute they're happy, one minute they're sad, and and they don't know what happiness is a lot of times to themselves. What do you say to guys that tell men this is how women are? Okay, well, I got some free game for y'all. I got some free game, right? Because people are making pleasing women so complicated, right? And it may be complicated if you don't have this key, right? Because women are fleeting. We are indecisive, right? We bleed once a month, right? You don't have to go through that. Not only do we get our periods, but it comes with emotions, 
right? And hormone imbalances and things like that. So no matter what a man's going through, no matter what downtime he's on, no matter what rough patch he's going through, he will never bleed once a month and it will never change his hormones, right? So that's really what men are seeing. You have to be um, aware of that, right? Uh, so you have to turn up the, the cater too for a week. It's not going to kill you. Bring home some chocolate, rubber belly, her feet, you know what I'm saying? Rubber head. That's easy. Um, for the other thing, this is free game. This is how I think you have the greatest shot at keeping a woman happy. Y'all listening? Y'all listening? Okay. You need balance. Balance, 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 balance. You don't need a big checkbook. Okay. You don't need a seven incher. You don't need to be over six feet tall. Okay. You can even have a gut for this. What I'm about to tell you. You need balance. And let me elaborate. Okay. Unfortunately for a lot of guys, women do want, right, the thug and the nice guy. If you can somehow, some way, find the balance, and let's face it, some men are incapable, just like some women are incapable of being the freak in the sheets and the, you know, the lady in the street. Some people are incapable. But I'm telling you, if you can practice balance, you will have a woman no matter what you look like physically and no matter what your tax bracket is. If you can, if a woman feels protected around you for one, okay, she's going to trust you, all right? She's going to be more inclined to submit, okay? If you're this type of man that when you're outside, you can hold her hand and be gentle with her and on the weekends, throw her up against the wall and rip her panties off and choke her and give it to her good, she is going to be in love with you, right? The problem is that because women like balance, they'll get with that guy that's only nice and grow bored of him. And or the woman will get with that guy that only has that thug mentality and then it'll be too much. But the guy that can give her that balance, she will bow down to. I'm telling you, you need balance. That is why Fifty Shades of Grey is a billion dollar franchise now. Men are not watching this. Men are not watching a woman, you know, being catered to and then getting beat in a red room. Women bought that book. Women are watching that movie and women made it a billion dollar industry. So stop thinking every movie is a chick flick and you can't learn anything from it. That is what women want. The Fifty Shades of Grey. They want the guy that's kind and courteous to her and is sending her flowers. And then he takes her in the back room and whips her ass and gives it to her good. Women want balance. Balance, balance, balance. And that is what these red pill people aren't telling you. Balance. Wow. Okay. So it is the is the woman picking the pookies and ray rays? Is that blown out of proportion? Um, I don't think it's taken out of proportion. I just think the reason why she's picking them isn't being addressed. And I think that's what I just did. Okay. It's not blown out of proportion. You know, Men say women like the bad boy. They like the asshole. They like the guy that treats them bad. No, no, no. Women like adventure. Women like excitement. And those guys, whether you like it, no one, no one wants an asshole. Let's just be clear. Let's put that out there. No one wants an asshole. No one wants to be abused and treated badly. Nobody wants a broken heart. Not normal. I'm talking about sane people here, not broken people. Nobody wants and the quote-unquote asshole like men think. Well, I'm going to be an asshole because that's what women like. I hear that parroted over and over and over again. Do not be an asshole. It's not necessary. Get you some balance. But women do often pick that guy because that guy is exciting. That guy is usually, you know, the strong, silent type. 
That guy is a guy that's usually aloof sometimes, and women like mystery, right? Women don't like a guy that's always spilling his guts and all over you. You're a gun. You're a dude. You're it's too much. That guy is too much, and the quote-unquote asshole is too much. If you can aim for the middle, I promise you guys, you cannot fail. Aim for somewhere in the middle, and you're not going to get it right all the time. You're not going to get it right because we're human. But if you aim towards the middle, we'll get you 50 Shades of Grey. Go watch the movie 365 on Netflix, okay? <laughs> Women want balance. I can't stress it enough, but yeah, that's why they end up picking the pookie because, you know, with the balance thing, the pookie is going to be more exciting than the nice guy at the end of the day. And the sex is usually better is the thing. That's why women usually pick the pookie. That's why they lean that way. It's just like men who pick, uh, you know what I mean? The They'll marry the nice woman and then their mistresses and side chicks usually look like Brittany Renner, right? Okay. <laughs> Um, are there any red pill dating coaches you mildly even respect or tolerate? Um, uh, you're asking the wrong person because I don't know. I mean, okay. besides the infamous Kevin Samuels, I don't know any. So I can't, I can't say like, again, I'm, I'm green. I started my page a year ago, but now is when I'm really starting to really pick up and be on. So I don't know. All these names are still new to me. Okay, well, let me get your take on, on Kevin Samuels. What, what are your thoughts on him? I think Kevin Samuels, I think um, he's an entertainer. And I think the problem with humanity in general is that they don't understand and, or they don't want to, or maybe they're incapable of taking things and seeing some of this is entertainment, some of this is interesting, I can apply this, but I will not worship this man, right? Okay. Which takes me back to the preacher thing, right? People put preachers on a pedestal so high that that preacher can become corrupt. That preacher can take advantage of you and you'll be blinded to it because again, he resonates with you. And I don't think that Kevin Samuels is the issue. I think the people he resonates with are the issue because these people are broken, right? And Kevin Samuels doesn't care, he doesn't give a damn. Now he's gonna, you know, he's gonna tell you because what I, what I see these guys doing now, a couple of pages that I be on, is like they'll bash people for the excitement and some people don't like the word bash whatever insult um bring down diminish whatever word you'd like to insert here um but they are very critical of people and then they give you that little dessert like but hey i'm all for marriage and black love right no what they're for is their pockets let's keep it real kevin samuels does not want to help the community what i always say is let me see the work you've done in the community let me see the outreach programs you've done for black men let me see boots on the ground and then I will salute you, right? But don't tell me you're for the black community and black love and you have no resume of that. You have a resume of selling cologne, being a quote unquote, I don't know, stylist, uh, uh, image consultant and a YouTube page. I don't believe you, you need more people. And I don't mean more people yelling in the comments that you know uh, women just like simps. So I'm all about, you know, proof. Where are the receipts that you're about this black love? You know what I mean? It's like, I need receipts. With that said, I think he's, I think he's um, very entertaining, but I have a different mindset. He's also very dangerous. He's also very dangerous. His narrative is very dangerous. And I made a prediction and people were like, that's cryptic, but I made a prediction. He is going to push somebody to do something that's very ugly in his name. I say that, I say that, I say that, him just like Trump did, right? 
just like Trump did, because you don't have to, or you don't have to verbalize, go out and be this way. It's just enough. It's just enough, right? To ignite a flame in someone that they're constantly being done wrong. And Kevin well, Samuels makes men feel like they're constantly being done wrong. Right? That's dangerous. dangerous. It's funny you, you said, it's funny you said that because we had one dating coach be mildly associated with a guy who killed uh, his, his ex or something like that. They said he watched his videos. And uh, so I could see that happening. Um, let me ask you this. Um, in certain sectors, there's this this theme of lack of, of protection that a certain class of women or race women are not being protected, which I don't see how. But what does protection look like to you? What protection looks like to me, and, and I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not plugging this on purpose or because, you know what I mean, I, I like these guys, but I will say protection looks like to me, general protection of women, conversations with King, conversations with King. That's what protection looks like for me. And that is the only protection I require, right? I just need when men are in the building, when men are in the house, just make sure that other men are checked, right? That are used to or very loosely disrespect women. That's it. That's all. Now that's been taken out of context. Protect us no matter what. If I'm debating a white woman or I'm debating a Latin woman or I'm debating a black woman, you have to protect the environment. And I'm like, it's just a debate. You need protection in a, in a debate. You know what I'm saying? I'm also very self-sufficient. I saw weapons growing up as a little child in my house because of my daddy. Okay. First time I saw a gun, I was like five years old. Um, I carry, I have my CCW. I'm also insured with the USCCA. So I'm very much into self-protection and protecting my family, protecting my friends and protecting my own life. So I'm not so dependent on, I'm not pining for protection from any group of men at any time but I think it's nice and 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 um you know what I mean the thing that men are supposed to do when you're in an environment where there's a lot of men and women are outnumbered or maybe they're not outnumbered that a guy should you know and I've seen it before on YouTube and I've been impressed not just on conversations with King but just one time on another page where it's kind of like hey you know you check the other guy because some fervor is just not necessary when, when women are around. It's just, it's just not necessary. So that's what protection looks like to me. Now, of course, you know, if you're out in the street getting beat down by somebody, I would hope a guy is, you know, a perfect stranger. I would hope a guy is going to step in and be like, yo, you're doing too much. But then I also understand, again, self-preservation. That guy may want to go back home to his wife and not get involved with something that you got yourself into. I'm talking about if you see a crime happening, if a woman is getting, you know, uh, assaulted on the subway, like it happened not too long ago in, in Pennsylvania, I would hope not only women, but men get involved. But I think the whole protect women is, it's, it's, it's now it's, um, it's getting a little silly in my opinion. I protect myself first. And if there's a man in the room who's going to control, you know what I mean? Their environment, I appreciate it with all my heart, but I don't, I don't feel entitled like you, you're not protecting us or you're not protecting me. I don't feel um, entitled to that. I just don't. I think it's a beautiful thing when it happens. I'm the same way. I'm a protector as well. So um, it's beautiful when it happens. But I'm like, I just think it's being taken out of context now. It's like, sis, like, really, really you need a protection from me? Like, 
I just said, I don't agree with you, <laughs> but now you need protection. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, feminism, good, bad, or indifferent? Um, feminism, feminism, feminism. Again, um, it's something that um, it's been weaponized. Um, I think some of it is good and, and, uh, places I think is good is, you know what I mean? We'd like equal pay if we're doing the same job, the same exact job, equal pay should be without question a thing, right? But it's been weaponized. It's been weaponized to, um, attack men, you know what I mean? And it's, it's been very, very divisive. Um, just like, you know, the followers of these red pill people, women are using feminism, to, um, you know, project um, the traumas that they've gone through, that they have, their, that they haven't hold, held themselves accountable for, you know what I mean? Um, and the choices they've made, you know what I mean? You know, so it's been weaponized to attack men, just like this red pill community is being weaponized um, to attack women. Okay. Final two questions, and yeah. um, I'll wrap this up. Okay. okay. This one here could get, could be dicey. Uh-oh. From your perspective, the optics of when you see a certain group of women mm-hmm. um, openly express a, a certain disdain for their men, mm-hmm. what does that say to women like you and other women um, and other nationalities and ethnicities? What does that say about them to you, to you guys? Are we doing the eggshells here? Because I'm like, what group of women? That's the yeah, we're, we're partially eggshell in it, but yeah, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Are you talking about black women? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, basically in a nutshell. Talk. If we not <laughs> talk about it, let's talk about it, right? Um, well, what is that, what is, when you, they're on Clubhouse, they're on all the major media platforms, and they're just openly saying, look, we don't need them, we don't want them, uh, I, 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 what does that look and sound like to you and to people outside looking in? Do they not realize how bad the optics are? The, I don't think that, I think there's too much pain for them okay. to realize how bad it looks, right? And there's so many generalizations, right? You'll have that environment and then you'll have the same group of, uh, same demographic of women say you need to protect us, right? So men are kind of like, what is it? Are we like dogs and not shit or should we protect you? Like, so I understand, but, but here's why I say, I go all the way back to when we first started this interview. I'm not taking away anyone's experiences. If a black woman grew up in an environment where now she hates black men or she thinks black men don't defend her or protect her and she feels like this is what it is, the, of course the optics are horrific, right? From the outside looking in, it's like, that was going on. But I also allow some grace for black women because they are the most disrespected, unprotected, X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. We all know the quotes, right? They are. We cannot deny that, that in this country, that's been the case. But then you also have the black man has also been a victim of that as well. And it's so broken. You know what I mean? On both sides, it is broken. Now, when I was ignorant, to the cultural differences. Hell yeah, when I was younger, I was like, why do they act like this? I've been through hell and back with men. I've never hated men. That never clicked with me. I always like, okay, what did I do? After I curse them out, and I'm like, ah. I would take pause and be like, what did I do? How did I contribute to this, right? 
Hmm. What did I allow, right? What in my past, you know, kept this relationship going for me? And again, people don't want to hold themselves accountable. It's like a foreign language to them. So I don't, I wouldn't, I would never say, hey, black women treat black men very badly. I think they're raised, unfortunately, to, to their detriment. I think they're raised that way. They're raised to um, cultivate their, their masculine energy first. You know what I mean? Like a lot of us do in these neighborhoods. Um, but I wouldn't take their experiences away from them. The optics are horrible. And I will say this, and some people may get mad, I will say this, we cannot deny that it's prevalent in the black community, right? There's no other ethnicity that I know of, Indian, Asian, Latin, where, you know what I mean, that kind of friction is going on and women collectively are bashing our men, right? But then the, the, the plight and experience of black people, the quote unquote African-Americans in this country is also unique it's very very unique and although latins are a result of the slave trade as well they're the african-american the, their experience is still unique to us so honestly i understand and i get it i get it because no matter what i've gone through i haven't experienced what a dark-skinned black woman has experienced in this country so it's about accountability, right? Looking within yourself before you're pointing the finger at who's not protecting you and who treats you like crap, like, you know. And we have choices. We have choices. Okay. Very well uh, handled like a politician. Did you see that, that? I told you that happened. People want me to pick a side. I told you. No, happened. you did good. I No, I, that, that's one of those questions like either for or against. I, down the road, it's like, no, I need I need you to pick. Right? I, get it on, I get it on both sides. There are a lot of broken and hurt people going at each other. And that is the truth. But people don't want to hear that. They want to hear black men have it worse. Black women have it worse. And I'm not going to give you that because it's on both Size. I cannot, with good conscience, say, no, it's black women. You guys are treating black women wrong. And I can't, with good conscience, say, no, look at these black men. They're so lonely and, and, and look what you're doing with these black women. I can't, I can't, with good conscience, do that unless I was trying to con a demographic so they okay. can catch me. Gotcha. That's nice. when I would do that, right? Okay. But I'm not, that's not me. I, I cannot do it. So I'm sorry if I. If no, I, no. But. No, I, I, no, I'm, I'm with it. I, I like it. Okay, so the final question. Yeah. I guess this is the one that kind of got you in hot water. Um, yeah. With a certain another content creator. <laughs> the N word. The N word. Now, I'm not an historian. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't. I mean, I heard Mexican a young Mexican guy call his guy the N word the other day, and I, I, I perked my ears up. I'm just like, you know what? It's not even worth it. Just so, and, and then it goes back to the J-Lo thing, the Ja Rule song, and then Fat Joe was like, man, she can say, what do you mean? We grew up with y'all. I mean, right. So, first things first, give me your take on the N-word, and then let's get into how it, I guess it may have ruffled some feathers on someone else's channel, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So, the N-word, um, you know, it's a cultural thing. Okay. It's not a race or ethnicity thing. I don't care what anybody says, and y'all can stay mad. It's a cultural thing. It's a very urban, disenfranchised, marginalized word, right? It's the, it's the vocabulary 
of the people that come, right, from that environment, whether you like it or not. That's why we've heard some white trash people use it. That's why we've heard Mexican Mexicans use it, Puerto Ricans use it, Black people use it. That's why we hear a certain demographic of people within their communities use it. Now, are you going to hear, um, you know, Gloria Stefan? She's Latina. She's not going to use that word, right? Because she didn't grow up where we grew up. She's not going to use that word. It's foreign to her, right? Um, I understood why Jennifer Lopez got flack, right? Because even coming from where I come from, I'm like, since when do you use that word? You're not from, the, you're from Castle Hill. And if anybody knows New York City and the Bronx, Castle Hill is like where the white Tinos live, right? Back then, I don't know what Castle Hill is doing now. I've been gone from the Bronx for a while. But Castle Hills is picket fences and puppies, literally, literally picket fences, houses, you know what I mean? Grass in your backyard, you know? So we know, right? And Fat Joe knows too that Jennifer Lopez isn't cut from that cloth. She's not from those neighborhoods. And she very much used, um, you know, uh, Jenny from the block and, you know, as a gimmick, because it works, hip hop works, right? As a gimmick to catapult her. And then when she got there, uh, we saw what she's really into, the Ben Afflecks, the Matthew McConaughey's, the, you know what I mean? Everybody goes back to their roots and those are J-Lo's roots, right? So I understood the flat that she got. I don't understand the flag when say somebody like me says there or like somebody like uh what's her name Agina Rodriguez who's from Humboldt Park in Chicago. I I also think it's it's silly. I think that black people covet the word like they covet oppression, right? It's ours and we're the only ones going through stuff and we're the no there are a lot of people in this country who have been oppressed and murdered and and almost you know what I mean uh obliterated right? Like the natives and, you know, there were slaves in Hawaii and Puerto Rico, you know what I mean? But again, the Black American experience is unique. I'm not taking that away from anybody. So the N-word to me, it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. It's very much hip hop. It's very much urban, you know what I mean? Um, I stopped using the word because of this. Um, and again, let me, let me address going back to your roots. On that other, um, what's his name? That guy, the uh, um, was, it the, was it the attorney guy? Yeah, it was <laughs> the lady attorney, like Kim calls him. I call him the divorce divorce attorney. <laughs> so uh, yeah, on his page, what he tried to do was lawyer me. He's an attorney, right? So it's expected. He tried to lawyer me, take sound bites like a lot of these YouTube cats do, and make a case of it for his audience. Because, and this is gonna sound really, really harsh. But a lot of people that follow these cats and masses aren't the brightest crayons on the box. They're just not. Let's keep it 100. That's just like most people that follow Trump. They aren't the brightest crayons in the box. Or you, you can get them in with a couple of words. It's the con game, right? Read 48 Laws of Power. Read the, the Power of Seduction, the Art of Seduction. It's not hard to get somebody to bend uh, to your will or your way and give them money. It's really not that hard, right? So going back... Um, to the word, what happened on that panel was he tried to manipulate me using the word. And I used the word. I called um, another YouTuber um, a bitch-ass nigga, right? Now, that is my core, right? That is my culture. If you come in with a feminine energy and try to get at me, I go back to my roots, right? I go back to my roots. I'm like, this bitch-ass nigga. You know what I mean? I go back to my roots. The, those are my roots. With that said, 
Here's why I stopped using the word nigga, right? But what the attorney tried to do was uh, twist my words and made it sound like, but you call the black man a nigga. But you call the black man a nigga. I said, okay. anything taken out of context could be weaponized. And so I kept telling him, tell the whole story. Tell the whole story. But the attorney's not going to do that because he has a following that he needs to, you know what I'm saying? Okay. He's not going to do that, right? And they're not, unfortunately, in mass, not smart enough to see what he's doing, the con that he's doing. So I was like, okay, cool. So the here's why I stopped using it. And I always tell this story, and it may sound corny to some people. But it used to flow out of my mouth since I was a child, right? Nigga, stop, what? Nigga, we add it to your ad. You know, my favorite song is Roll Call with, with freaking um, um, Ice Cube. Real nigga, you know what I'm saying? That's how I used to get ready for work in the morning. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting dressed. And I'm from the South Bronx, but I got to go into corporate America. And it's what got me through. You know what okay. I mean? It got me through. And you know we do the code switch. When we're in corporate America, we like, good morning, CBI. But we go and be like, nigga, what? Man, fuck, you know what I'm saying? You, you know the code switch. So, you know, early in the morning, right, when I'm putting on my little my little tight suit, but, you know, to it's a corporate America. I'm like, y'all niggas can't fuck my niggas. You know what I'm saying? And I'm all there because I know in an hour, I have to be like, good morning, CBI. Right? So um, it's, it's very much part of the culture. And it used to flow, right? As I got older, I stopped liking the word. And then Oprah hit me. Oprah hit me. Oprah hit me. Oprah hit me. Out of all people, Oprah hit me. They were discussing the word, nigga. Why she will never use it. Why she doesn't understand it. And she said very simply, I cannot use a word that was the last word someone heard while being murdered whipped to death, raped, maimed, dismembered, having their children kidnapped from them. <laughs> and I stopped cold. I was like a deer in the headlights, <laughs> right? So it doesn't matter to me if you use the ER or the GA because the GA was born from the ER. It was born from the, from the ER. And people say, no, we changed it. It's ours. We renovated it. It's new. We remixed it. That's our word. No, it's new. We take the charge out of it because we use it so much. I call BS. I call BS. I call BS. And I also think that words are powerful. We all know that. Words are powerful. And we don't, we've never stopped using that word. And I don't think we understand the power that it has. Okay? Our entire lives are calling people that. Whether it's a term of endearment or whether we're using it out of anger like I did with the guy on his page, right? And I was like, fuck, like, I'm still Jen, you know what I'm saying? Like, this idiot took me there. Yeah. Oh, like, you know what I mean? I was mad at myself, not because of insulting him, because the idiot was coming at me, you know what I mean, in a very nasty, disrespectful way. Uh -huh. So not even as an apology to him, but I felt like, damn, I slipped. But we're allowed to slip, right? We go back to our core. So that's why I stopped using the word. I was already curbing the word. I didn't like it. I'm like, why do we automatically go to using the word, um, hey, bitch, hey, ho, that's my nigga, get it, my nigga. Like, it's like, why is it that, that us as a culture, why do we automatically do that when there are millions of words that we can use to address people that we love, that we adore, that we like being around. I'm like, do we really have to use these words? And I might sound corny and square now. I wasn't always this way, okay? I was that girl from the Bronx, but I was just like, I, I can't do it anymore. It doesn't even feel right coming out of my mouth anymore. If I see 
somebody that's really dope? Why do I have to say, damn, nigga, you so fly? Why can't I say, man, king, or whatever? King, you dope, or you doing it, or brother, or friend, or it's like, yo, you so hot right now. Why do we have to incorporate those words? Why does she have to be a fly bitch? Why can't she just be a fly woman? You know what I mean? And and I was just like, those words, the, the older I got, I just, I was not comfortable with any of them. I was like, other cultures do not do this. They do not do this. They don't do it. So why do we do it so easily? So that's why I stopped using it. But I think what happened on that other panel was like, oh, we got her. Look at J-Lo, another J-Lo. She's using the N-word. I don't even use, I don't even say N-word. I say nigga. I said nigga, that's what I said, right? I don't know. Right? Because to me, the N-word is people trying to be careful with the E-R word, mm-hmm. which to me is different from culturally uh, using G-A. It's just different. It's just different. That's why it's used as a term of endearment. No one says, hey, you know what I'm saying? That's my nigger. No, we say, yo, that's my nigger right there. That's my nigger right there. That's how we use the word. So I think now with, with social media, everybody thinks that they can start a mob or whatever about whatever they don't di- disagree with. Or, you know, it's like, what's the latest mob mad at today? Gina Rodriguez said nigger while she was singing along with the Fugees. And I'm like, I, I ain't got I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, remember that? I was like, I ain't nobody's Gina Rodriguez and I ain't nobody's J-Lo, best believe, okay? Whole different situation over here, despite what it looks like. Um, but yeah, I think that's why, but even I looked at J-Lo sideways like, oh, now, now we're hip hop, Miss Castle Hill, now that's what we doing, okay. All right, cool. You know, you would have got ran out of the South Bronx in your Catholic school you know, uniform, but okay. All right, you all Bronx now, huh? Uh, you on? <laughs> I was like juvenile, so you girls now, huh? Oh, you's a killer now, huh? <laughs> it's you and Fat Joe now, huh? Okay, all right, all right. Well, um, I hope I answered the question. But yeah, yeah, it. yeah, definitely. Um, I don't want to end this without you, um, tooting your own horn, ma'am. You're an actress. I am an actress. And um, how hard of a struggle was that for you to get into to the to, the film industry? Like, do people even have a fathom? Can they even appreciate what you, you know what I'm saying, had to go through to get to this point? Do people legitimately understand when you tell them, y'all don't understand it. You wanted me to do this and this and that. And I said, no. They legitimately don't understand, but it's okay with me because it's not malicious. It's pure ignorance. It really is pure ignorance. Um, And it's not even what I had to go through. It's what I constantly am going through as a woman who may be deemed attractive in this industry, you know, you know, whatever you're into, it's what I constantly have to go through. I'm also a writer, you know, there's a thing I have to do. I have to like, um, you know, really man down kind of sort of, and become less feminine when I'm walking in these rooms and I'm pitching my projects because, you know, I can't walk in and pitch a project without three executives thinking, mm-hmm, but how can I sleep with this woman? Right. So they don't listen. So, so that's one of the obstacles. Also, uh, being an Afro-Latina, they don't know where to place me. It's like Afro-Latinas now are popping. They're popping now because, you know, white media is like, oh, there's an Afro-Latina, there's another ethnicity. Hey, let's get them in here. So it's what I constantly have to go through. Also, people want to hire you and, um, you know what I mean, uh, fuck money up. You know what I'm saying? Pay you less than, than what you're worth. They try to, um, you know... Uh, they try to get more out of you than they're, they're, they're paying for. 
um, you know, I, I auditioned, uh, now we got the, the COVID thing going on. And if you're not vaccinated, a lot of these, uh, studios and productions aren't trying to hear you. So I lost out on a huge mega gig, but again, if it's not for me, it's not for me. Right. And I never do things from a place of desperation because you mess up, um, when you do that, but, it, but it is hard and it's a constant, it's a constant, um, battle and hurdles that you have to jump over so i say you have to be built for it you have to be built for it this industry is tough you know what i mean it takes no prisoners yeah. um but if you really want it um you'll get whatever it, uh you really want but it is hard it's not it's not a, it's not a cakewalk people think like oh well, you're attractive you're gonna you know being attractive sometimes is to my detriment because you're not taken seriously or you're promised certain things or you know what I mean? Because um, people want to date you instead of work with you, um, things like that. Also, women automatically get catty um, when you're around. And it's like, girl, sis, I, I don't want your man. I want this check. So you don't have to worry about me. But women sometimes feel like, you know what I mean, territorial. And it's like, oh, look who just walked in. I'm like, yeah, the girl that just wants your check. I'm not checking for your man. Trust me. Um, so that's another that's another issue. So you get it from all angles, but I, I'm built Bronx tough, and I'm gonna take it all the way. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, do me a favor, go ahead and plug your last two uh, movie projects. Absolutely. First and foremost, I want to thank you, everyone in the chat, for spending this time with me. I wasn't reading the chat, so whether you were for me or against me, I do not know. But again, you're entitled to your experiences and your point of view. Um, first and foremost, follow On the Block with Jen. I am On the Block with Jen on YouTube. I am On the Block with Jen on Instagram. I am On the Block with Jen Gmail. I am On the Block with Jen Cash App. If you want to buy me a smoothie, On the Block with Jen Cash App. I like smoothies. Um, my last two films are White People Money. It is playing everywhere video on demand. It is starring Drew Zadora. From Housewives of Atlanta and Martin Fitzpatrick from The Shy. Okay, starring those two as a couple. I play Marina Donna in it. White People Money is playing on all video on demand channels and stars. And December 4th, uh, we're dropping The Bag Girls 2. I play a Colombian drug lord there, so it's going to be really interesting. Queen of the and- South? Is that what? <laughs> I got that role. I'm so sweet. I'm so sweet. But um, the Bad Girls uh, drop Bad Girls Two drops um, December fourth. First uh, theater in Michigan and Mano Mano is in that one, the rapper. So look out for me if you follow me. Then I'll keep you up to date. And um, thank you guys. Really, I am humbled. I'm always appreciative. I am here. I hope you took some of my advice. Balance, folks. Balance. Um, <laughs> and and thank and thank you. So much with, with with all my heart for even having me on here and saying I'm, I'm gonna bring this crazy woman on, even though I heard all kinds of things. Hey, Thank you. Know, what's King said, yo man, she she from the Bronx. Get her, book her. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Once again, shout out to King Hormeku for setting this up, and um, I would love to bring you back because you have a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, people have a reaction to you, good, bad. There is no indifferent. I like that. So and you, spice. So. I always say good or bad, just get my name right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any <laughs> so last any last words for the people before I let you go? Um, just um, you know what I mean? Practice accountability, guys. Um, we've all been there, we've all been hurt. Um, 
things were done to us that we didn't deserve, but we have to take accountability and ask ourselves, how did I contribute to that? Don't fall into the traps of the con men. Remember at the end of the day, it's a business. YouTube is a business. We're all trying to get paid. Um, take, you know, take a little bit. Don't, don't take the whole meal. Kevin Samuels is right twice a day. You know what I mean? It's like, just like a broken clock. I, I'm right twice a day. Um, but don't, don't worship anybody. Hold your head. You know what I'm saying? Like we say in the Bronx, I hold your head, hold it down. You know what I'm saying? Um, and also thank you. I hope to, um, speak to you guys again sometime in the future on this platform or other platforms. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, mu much love to everybody. I have no ill will towards anybody. And if something I said rubbed you the wrong way, walk it off. <laughs> walk it off. You'll be all right. And let me leave them with this one last thing. Yeah. Being offended is a choice. Being offended is a choice. It's a choice. People think it's an obligation. It is a choice. And people always say, well, what if I said this about you? It is a choice. It is a choice for me to look at you and say, am I working with this person? Am I making money with this person? Am I making love to this person? Do I need this person? Right? You have to weigh why you're getting offended by other people. Hmm. You get offended too easily. It is a choice. So with that, I will bid you adieu. And thank you for spending this time with me. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for having me. I look forward to bringing you back real soon. All right, sis, have a good day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. All right. Guys, you do me a favor. Hit the uh, the like button on your way out. Uh, as I read the spiel, heavily flawed again with On the Block with Jen, uh, com. All replays can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor, and Google Play for the replays. Uh, with that being said, I hope you guys got some out of it. Oh, also, I owe shout-outs to Produced by Mifi and to Namus Brackus and Diamond in the Rough. I am so sorry I, I missed you guys' uh, super chats in the last stream. So forgive me for that. I wish you guys have a good night. Peace. Awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. No, I appreciate you. Thank you. I'm so glad that 